Hi guys, welcome to my Move and Inspire podcast. My name is Sophie Deer. I'm a yoga teacher, a health and happiness warrior, and like you, I am constantly doing my best to navigate this crazy world that we live in. My mission is to spread the zest that I have for life to each and every one of you and give you the chance to feel empowered, strong, connected, healthy, and above all, happy. I will be interviewing some kick-ass and inspirational people to motivate you to create transformations in order to live your best possible life. Hi, Lindell. Hi, Sophie. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. I, um, I kind of ended up stumbling across you because... I have one of your amazing um, daily greatness journals. So Lindell is the mastermind behind these incredible journals. And um, as I was just uh, looking into one of the, the journals that, as we just kind of spoke about, that I want to buy for myself, I was thinking, I wonder who came up with this idea because they are just so fantastic. And in my research, I stumbled across you and I was like, I really want to get this incredible woman onto my podcast. She's super inspiring, has had such an interesting journey as well. So I'm really, really um, pleased that you said yes. Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, it's been I mean, the reason we do what we do is to hear success stories from people who use our products and actually benefit from them. So I always love connecting with people like you who who get it and, and you know, are, are obviously benefiting from, from something that, you know, I created 10 years ago and, and today people are still still finding and, and, and utilizing our products. It's really exciting. Yeah, I, I recommend them to literally all my clients. They just think they're so, um, so oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, but just before, before we get into the, the journals themselves, I'd love to talk a little bit about you and your story because um, super interesting. You were formerly a singer and actress and songwriter and a finalist on Australian Idol as well. Yes, I was. And um, yeah, so my go for it. Yeah, so my, I, I, you know, I, I sort of say it's in my past, my my past life because it feels like a long time ago. But I, I grew up, you know, singing, dancing, acting. It was really, I believed that was going to be my career, and uh, I was extremely passionate about that growing up. And when I left school, it was just an obvious next step. And I started a, a nine-piece band, and we toured Australia, and I was managing the band, and then. I went, I studied acting and was, you know, acting on TV, uh, TV presenting, doing commercials. And I had a, a contract with a major record label and I ended up being a finalist on Australian Idol. So, you know, from, from the outside, I guess, you know, it seemed like I was having, I was living my dream and in, in, in many ways I was, but I came off Australian Idol and I, and I didn't make it you know, I got into the, the finals, but I didn't, didn't make it further. And, uh, and I moved to, to London at that point to really pursue my career with a music, music manager in London. But it was there that I, I hit a crisis in my life. It was really an identity crisis. And I really had to face myself and, and what I wanted to do with my life very, in a very sort of confronting way. And, and what sort of what I haven't told you is that all of this time I had been a, a self-help junkie, as I like to call it. And I, you know, was reading so, so many sort of self-help books, going to seminars, 
listening to all the gurus. But when I moved to London and I, and I had hit this crisis because I was there with no network, no friends uh, or few friends and really, really at a, at a very important juncture in, in, in my life where I had to make some hard decisions. And I was really shocked to realize that all of this knowledge that I had from all of these books and, and concepts that I'd read were not translating to results in my life at that time. And so that was really a major, a major turning point in my life and, and where I had to make a decision about whether I wanted to be in the entertainment business going forward. I am reading a little bit about uh, your story. I heard you say that you were spiritually and financially bankrupt and mm-hmm. at rock bottom. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about this? Yeah. So, you know, when I say I hit a crisis in my life, it was an absolute crisis. So when I, the truth was, you know, when I say that it, it appeared as though I was living my dream in, in my career and, and in many ways I was, but there was so many feelings of low self-esteem, low self-worth. And because I'd grown up, you know, in the entertainment business, going on stage, getting you, getting, you know, the um, validation from applause and audiences, what ended up really missing in my life was my own validation and my own self-worth because I was always used to getting that from audiences. And so by the time I went to London and I was 28, what had, what appeared to be just, you know, a, a changing or changing countries was really so much more than that. It was really the beginning of a whole new journey of understanding myself and my limitations. And really it was also, you know, what became really obvious to me was why I kept having these opportunities, you know, signed to a major record label and writing and recording with some of the world's biggest writers, but then that, you know, didn't work out, you know, and then getting onto Australian Idol, but not getting any further. So I all of a sudden had to be really honest about the limitations that I had and my ability to go to the next level and why these things kept recurring in my life, you know, and, and being someone who highly valued personal development, it was really obvious to me that um, there was something in my mindset and something in my makeup, in the foundation of what I was doing in my life that was hindering me from really making that forward progress and really taking hold of these opportunities and and running with them. And so that was when I, you know, until we actually get to rock bottom, until we have such a big event that, you know, we, that, that saying it's like feather, feather, um, paper, feather, would rock if you like you know you have your feather moments that are like these little taps on the shoulder that say hey have a look at what's going on in your life there's something there's something off here and then if you don't take heed we don't listen to that then the next opportunity comes even bigger and then the next opportunity is something even bigger and that's really what happened to me I did have these moments that I wasn't really listening to because I you know and I kept pushing and I kept pushing and then, and finally, when I got to London, I had to really unpack everything. And that's when I, you know, and, and that's the moment that I realized I'm really spiritually bankrupt. I, I don't have that foundation of self-worth. I don't have that foundation that I thought I had. A lot of the confidence that I was projecting out was actually false confidence. And it really was 
being driven by an underlying feeling of low self-worth. And so that's the moment of realizing that I was, you know, spiritually and, and financially bankrupt because by the time I got there, literally I had no money. So it was a real literal, you know, bankrupt situation. But what was driving that was the spiritual bankruptcy. I feel like I can really resonate with a lot of the stuff that you've just said. Something that um, hit me was talking about validation. And for me, because I worked in TV for eight years, I was an assistant director on big British TV shows and I was traveling for work and, you know, meeting big directors and incredible actors. And yeah, that idea of like, oh, my identity is pretty cool because you know, I, I get to do all of this and it's a pretty cool job. But the reality was I wasn't giving myself any validation. And on the outside, again, that like false confidence actually inside the, the confidence wasn't there. And my self-worth was so low. So I really feel like that's so interesting. And I feel like it's something that a lot of people can resonate with. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, there's that. I think anybody that's, you know, the achiever in us wants to be out there and there's that sense of wanting to get somewhere, I guess. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I guess the work, you know, no doubt you've done this work too, Sophie, um, you know, in, in particularly in the fact that you're now in the yoga space and, the, and that's what getting back to basics and gives us is that new foundation. And that's what the decision that I made in London to leave the the entertainment industry really came from recognizing that more than anything, I needed it to create a whole new foundation for how I was being in the world and turn everything up, um, turn up the whole fabric of my life and to really understand what's driving me, where has all this come from and, and then rebuild myself from the ground up. And that's that's the decision that I made. And that's what I, you know, that's when I decided to really dedicate myself to the personal development space and, and create daily greatness, create my business. Um, because I, I really felt that that was what I, that all of a sudden my purpose became clear. So I thought my purpose was to be in the entertainment industry, but when this intersection came, I really felt that my new purpose and my new passion was to really well, first, first and foremost, it was to heal myself and it was to find that foundation for myself. And I did that through creating this daily ritual, which became daily greatness. And I did that in my own life, but then that's what really launched, launched my business. So, and that's really how I found this new sense of purpose in my life. And, you know, and when I hear people like yourself who resonate with my story and so many others that, like you say, there are so many people that have this, but that's how transformation happens. You know, we don't know we're broken or we don't know that we need to heal until some crisis presents itself in our life. And we realize, oh, maybe I'm not really where I thought I was, you know, and that's, that's really how this whole thing sort of might, this egg broke open, if you like, it cracked open. And then I had no choice, but to look at myself honestly, and then really make, make changes. All of what you're saying is like literally giving me goosebumps. I feel like, yeah, that what you're talking about saying healing yourself first, I definitely had to do that. I remember when I kind of hit rock bottom, I was like, right, I need, now need to focus on my health and happiness. And by doing that, I was then able to find out what my purpose was. And um, I started to be able to live more of like a 
I suppose, an authentic life. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like we've had very similar kind of revelations with that. Yeah, I love that, that you pulled in that authenticity because I think when all the false stuff falls away, it all of a sudden it's so relieving as well. Like it's just such a relief and that feeling of, of authenticity and just sitting in that place of, of knowing that I don't need to pretend I'm perfect I don't need to um, pretend that I'm someone that I'm not. And I think that's been really freeing and it's from that place that something new can be created. You know, when I was going through the, the healing phase, it was so much of emptying out. It was like just letting go of everything. You know, there's a, you know, you can't fill a cup that's already full. And so that for me, that was a very obvious part of my process was really emptying out and just being nothing. And I did that for years and years um, until I felt like I was ready to start to fill the cup again. Yeah, the filling the cup makes me think of um, the identity, like your identity that you carry with your work. So mm-hmm. for you, it would have been in the music industry. For me, it was in um, the TV industry. And I was like, well, now I don't have that job. Who am I? I'm just a failure because I don't have that identity. But actually getting rid of that identity, so effectively having an empty cup, mm. so getting rid of the identity, having an empty cup allows you to then create this amazing space to create a new identity and fill your cup but we get so scared of like not having an identity Mm -hmm. so yeah that's super interesting um thinking about it in those two ways of identity and filling your cup yeah I love how you say that because the other thing when you get to fill your cup again from nothing is you're filling it intentionally and consciously about who you want to be because the previous cup was full not of who you really were but of who society imposed on you or who you were told you were by your parents or you know the town or the environment that you grew up in and so then when this gets thrust into your life and all of a sudden you have this opportunity to recreate your identity and and you you you're consciously you know very carefully putting into that cup this new vision of who you want to be and so it's a beautiful process if you can allow yourself to go through that, be nothing, and then consciously and with, you know, this full awareness of this is who I'm going to be now and, and this is who how I'm going to be showing up in the world. And I think that's what creates that confidence of being able to reframe who you are and, and also be compassionate to who you used to be. You know, that's a big part of, has been a big part of my process is really understanding that who I used to be is, you know, definitely still play, still comes in and out of my awareness now. And, you know, often have to coach myself through it because it never really goes away. But now I kind of parent that old part of me, you know, and, and that's how I see, see that old part of me is like a child that I'm parenting. And sometimes I have to coach it and sometimes I have to talk to it. But now I have a much bigger awareness of who I am and the the things that are pulling at me. Whereas before it that that identity completely consumed me. And so everything I did was completely hinging on whether that identity was getting its needs met or not. I love how you say that. I, I also feel like with your old identity, you have to kind of love it because the fact is you wouldn't be where you are now with all the growth unless you had 
struggled and yeah had had that identity that wasn't really you you had to go through that to realize that you needed to fill your cup with this new identity of truth and authenticity totally yeah absolutely so talking about all of that I feel like for me such a huge part of me really working out my purpose and my truth has been um, daily rituals so I the ones that I kind of focus on a lot is I do my meditation practice every morning, followed by gratitude, intentions and affirmations. And I'm huge on affirmations. Um, and I feel like that. So that's kind of my my rituals. I'd love to hear about your rituals, how you brought them into daily greatness and also how you're, you've brought it into different styles of daily greatness. Yeah. So when I when I was in London and I was in this really depressed state, I, I knew that I had a lot of tools at my disposal, but the big epiphany for me was that it's not enough to know things. It's we have, we must do. And so when it really all connected for me, it was about applied knowledge, not the knowledge that I had, but actually doing it practically and doing it consistently. And so I created this morning and evening ritual, if you like, of meditation, what I consider to be the best personal development concepts and strategies, peak performance strategies, if you like. And I distilled it down into this morning and evening framework that, you know, consisted similar to what you're talking about, um, you know, meditation, gratitude, mindfulness, you know, setting intentions and just having those, having it in a structured way that was making incremental shifts in how I was thinking and how the world was then occurring for me because I had a really negative mindset at that time. You know, anyone that's depressed generally spirals down into these negative ways of being and, and you know, it always starts with just how, when we wake up in the morning, there's those negative thoughts that start. And then, you know, it, that doesn't really stop unless we have a, a practice that actually pulls us back out of that. And by doing that every day, I found that, you know, it was pulling me out of this depressed state that I'd found myself in. And so it was just a very simple practice, but I noticed that over time I was feeling more energetic, feeling less depressed. I was, and it was really shifting my mindset. And and really that's all that it takes is just that consistent practice to rewire our brain essentially and create those new neural pathways in our brain so that then we have, we think different thoughts, we take different actions, and then we get different results. Um, once we've made the decision, once I had made that decision, then I just created this simple, simple practice. And, and, to today, and obviously still to this day, that's still you know, one of my, my rituals, of course, doing my daily greatness um, journal in the morning. Um, and I do different, different ones. So really all of the, the, all of the products in our, um, or all the additions in our collection have all been born out of a specific time in my life when I wanted something. So the original journal was uh, out of the time in London when I wanted, I needed a mindset journal. I needed to pull all of this together. So that was really the first one. And then I was doing a lot of training and I thought maybe I could adapt this to um, a holistic health training journal for women. And so I created the training journal and then I was into yoga and I was like, this would be awesome as a yoga journal to help people, you know, create and maintain a daily yoga practice that helps them sort of with the mindset component of that. 
Uh, and then I was building the business. So I was like, I need a business planner. So every, every single edition has really been something that I felt I've needed. And then obviously we've, you know, launched it and we found an audience for it. So when I had kids, we launched the parents edition to help people parent more consciously and then a wellness edition and then the success planner for career focused and, and from a, from a work perspective. And so it's really just been born out of a need in my own life. And, and so my, you know, my daily rituals are, of course, all of those, the DMO, my daily method of operation is having a morning mindset practice. Um, but also it's, for me, it's much more that I like to be really fluid in my day. So it's around taking that with my interaction with my kids. So playful parenting is really big for me. It keeps me in the moment. It keeps me agile, keeps me happy or keeps me happy, but it also keeps the kids happy. So that's a ritual. Like I always make sure I'm bringing playful parenting in to to keep the day flowing. And then, you know, that just keeps everything feeling, you know, flowing no matter what happens because I've got a six-year-old and two-year-old and often you know things can go a little crazy and if we start getting cranky or angry then all of a sudden anything I've done in the morning is all of a sudden off off track so I try to keep that as my daily ritual as well playful parenting and I always say that you know while a journaling practice is is really important and of course I want people to continue to use our products all the time really the goal is not to have to do that. The goal is to create this new way of being. So you don't have to do the journaling, you know, of course you can, if you want to, if you want to go back to it, but once you create this habit, you don't have to show up to the page as much as you used to, because it's a natural way of thinking. So when I wake up in the morning, you know, a daily ritual for me is just to automatically go to what am I appreciating? Oh, it's a beautiful day. And I'll say to my kids, what a beautiful day. Oh, look at the beautiful trees outside or and so it's an automatic response to be appreciative to start to think about what am, what are my intentions today and showing up that way without having to necessarily have like this automatic journaling ritual it's just now a new way of being and so that's sort of how I how I am I guess with my 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 rituals is that I try to make it just part of my day I love that the new way of being is I suppose in a way how I talk about to people because when I started doing this, I did it very sporadically. And I was like, when I was struggling with things, I'd be like, oh, I need to meditate rather than it being a regular thing. But it's just so important that it becomes a regular thing so that it's a preventive measure rather than something you do to try and fix a bad situation so that you can be on that level of feeling happier, feeling healthier, feeling more gratitude, having more self-worth. So yeah, the new way of being, I think that's um, such a cool way to put it yeah yeah no it's it's really just that shift in creating a whole new way of creating your day you know this is the new way that this is how your day flows and I think there's a really beautiful um quote and I don't know who says it but it, it, it's along the lines I'm going to paraphrase it's along the lines of the master you never know if the master is working or playing you know, it's, it's so, it's like, it's all incorporated into your day. It's not, I'm going to do this now. It's like who you are is that that's just part of your day. It's not, you know, something that you have to, but that takes time to get there. You know, we do have to be that 
we do have to intentionally create these moments throughout our day in the beginning. But after a while, it becomes part of our thinking and it's like a natural thing. I'm just going to go and do my yoga. I'm just going to think this way. It's so it, it doesn't have to be so much of a um, feel like a commitment or something that you need to do, but it's something you want to do. And it's something that's just part of, and it's integrated into your life. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Just touching on something you were talking about as being a mum, I would love to ask you a question that I often get asked by my clients, which is um, tricky for me to answer as I don't have kids, but how you create like a morning ritual having children yeah, I've found I've had to completely change my schedule. So I, I typically, I, I love to get up at 4.30 in the morning. My body clock has changed over the years. So if I can get to bed at a decent time, naturally I wake up around 4.30. So that's a good time for me to get up, have my morning ritual, my do my morning session. And then, you know, I might go to a six o'clock Pilates class, be back by seven when my kids wake up. Or I might do, you know, a couple of hours of, of work where I, cause I find I'm really sharp in the morning and I can typically get some really great work done in those few first few hours in the morning. So I think it's just about you can't expect your day to run the way it used to run before kids. It's just not going to. You know, we, you know, so my work day is 4.30 till 4.30. We pick the kids up from daycare or school at 4.30. So my whole work day has shifted. Before kids, I used to work, you know, ridiculous days, getting my business off the ground. And now I just can't do that. But I find that if I'm willing to, and I, if people are willing to shift their schedule, they can usually find time. And the other thing is we have to prioritize differently. You know, I, I just say no to so many things now because I just can't that in. So I think you get very, very selective about what you say yes to. So with less hours in the day, it's really important to be selective with what you're focusing on. And the only way you can get really selective is if you're super clear on your purpose and you know exactly where you're going with your vision. And so, you know, again, the daily greatness tools are a great way to get super clear on where you're going how you're going to make it happen and then really schedule that down in these bite-sized actions to make it happen. And anything that doesn't fit in with that vision is basically sidelined or, you know, or dumped. Yeah. It's so interesting, right? Because it's like, for me, it's like a, a loop, a circle. So the, the beauty of these, having these rituals, they give you more energy, more lightness, more happiness, etc. So, cause I feel like a lot of people would be like, 4:30 a.m. Are you kidding me? But for me, I've I've been uh, I've had insomnia for a, a long time, and um, my insomnia over the past couple of years has been so much better. I sleep much much better now. But I uh, recently have also been waking up at 5 a.m. just naturally, and that's when I love to do my daily rituals, and then I quite often. Uh, get my computer out and start doing my some of the courses that I'm working on for self-growth because I love it it's like the perfect time to do it so I, I get I feel the same I feel super clear in the morning mm. but but I suppose what I'm saying about this circle thing is it's the same as with the 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 boundaries and saying no to things 
when you um, again do these daily rituals and you start to understand who you are, your truth, the way you want to put yourself out to the world, you feel happier to say no to things. You are able to make decisions in, a, in an easier, more natural way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these these rituals are allowing you to have more energy, possibly to wake up a little bit earlier, to have um, that ability to create boundaries. So, yeah, it's like this lovely loop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. So what I'd love to also touch on is your coaching yeah. and how you help entrepreneurs and business owners. And I'd love to know what struggles you most commonly see, like what, what do people really want to get from you in terms of your coaching program? Yeah. So most people who I coach are either one of two. They're either a sort of a budding entrepreneur who has a great idea, but needs the confidence to launch it and get it off the ground. Or I act more as a mentor for established sort of successful entrepreneurs who've already got a business, but they don't know how to scale it to six or seven figures or that, you know, if they want that, you know, there's obviously different goals, but generally people sort of become, come to me from those two, two aspects generally. And I think what people struggle with most is people come to me for business strategy. They want to know what's the strategy, what's this, what's that. But what we end up really working on is their own personal development because the strategy will always come together or they will be able to find the strategy when they overcome their limitations of how they're thinking. So that's really a foundational block, you know, that that many people have and it could be that they're not willing to take risks. It could be that they don't believe in their idea that they just have no real vision and they just need a believer, somebody who just helps them to believe in their idea enough to take action. And I think the other thing that people really struggle with is overwhelm. So they might start a business or they might be in a business, but to really scale up, they're going to have to take some very different actions and that can become very overwhelming. And so just to have somebody to bounce ideas on with to really get clarity on what is the next step because we always talk about the 80-20 rule you know 80% of your results are going to be are going to come from 20% of your actions but the the difficult part often it's it's not necessarily difficult but it can be challenging to know well what are those 20% of actions that I need to take And so having someone to bounce those ideas with and just that's, you know, been there, that's one step ahead that can help them see around those corners is really what I think is valuable, Um, having a coach and somebody who's, you know, that that's walked that path and that's that's created something and that's scaled it you know and so I think there's there's a few different reasons that people come but I think mostly it's you know it's just having confidence it's strategy but it ends up being you know what are what are my blind spots what what areas do I need to grow so it could be how do I communicate better how do I build a team how do I act as a leader in my business so there's all sorts of people, um, all sorts of reasons why people come and, and want coaching from me. Um, and really we just, you know, it's very client focused. So what, what is it? Where are you getting stuck and how can we help you overcome those so that you can grow? I love that you talk about kind of the most important part being 
people's self-growth because I just ran my first ever yoga teacher mentorship program where I was um, mentoring 11 amazing newer yoga teachers and everything just came back to their own daily rituals, their own self-practice and finding the time to feel inspired and to be able to do all the research into so many different areas of what it means to be a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I totally agree. Like actually having that that time and space for you, people don't think that they need that. They think, oh, I need to get on the emails and I need to be reaching out to this and that. And actually it's, it just has to start with you. Yeah, there's no getting around it because ultimately what people are coming to you for is perspective. You know, and that's how I see my job as a coach is that I'm giving my clients perspective. And for me to be able to give my clients perspective, I have to stay inspired. I have to be up the mountain, if you like, because if I'm not up the mountain, how can I give them perspective? If I'm down in the valley with them, I'm no use to them. Or if I'm down a hole with them, I'm no use to them. So it's my job to stay elevated. And the only way that I can stay elevated is through having my own practice where my mindset is inspiring, where I'm inspired by myself. (laughs) And first and foremost, if I'm not inspiring myself, then, then how can I inspire others? And that's where I need to, you know, be in that headspace as much as possible so that when I'm connecting with my clients, they really feel elevated when they leave my session. So I totally get what you're saying with your new yoga teachers is that, you know, yes, there's all the work that has to be done in a business and, and it is important, but we need to be able to do both. We need to be able to do the work, but then also do our own practice so that we're staying elevated because some because often the work of building the business can really pull us down because we get stuck in that day-to-day mundane place and it can be challenging it can be frustrating when you're building new things and things don't work or you're building developing all sorts of things it can be frustrating so that that balance of of staying elevated, particularly if you are a teacher or a coach or in that space. Um, it's really, really important to have your own practice and be working on your own business. And as I always say, your business can only grow as much as you do. So you absolutely have to be working on your own personal development if you've got any chance of, you know, growing your business. I love that analogy with the perspective and the mountain and the valley. I'm definitely going to be stealing that one. Um, You can, yes, steal away. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask you something you just touched on about people being overwhelmed because I felt like, well, firstly, I can get really overwhelmed, especially if I'm not staying inspired and giving myself time to go and walk down by the beach and listen to a podcast or whatever it is that I need to, to nourish me. But also I felt like my lovely mentees, they struggled with feeling overwhelmed, especially because I was giving them so much information to deal with. So I'd love to know if you have any kind of practical tips that people could put into place when they're feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, I think, you know, whenever you're doing these sorts of courses or workshops, um, I think the first thing that we need to do is be okay with feeling overwhelmed because it's immersion, you know, and 
that is like, it's like a pressure cooker. And when you're learning something new, there's obviously often no way around it. Or we, we deliberately put ourselves in that situation to put the pressure cooker on so that we, we absorb as much as possible and really pop to that next level. And so I think it's a very simple mindset shift to be okay with feeling overwhelmed. I'm learning something new. This is going to, going to feel, you know, uncomfortable because it's an identity shift as well. You know, where we're, it's like we're putting on a new pair of jeans and, and although we love them, they feel a bit uncomfortable at first until we break them in. And, and so that's a similar kind of idea is that when you're learning something new, it can feel uncomfortable. It can feel overwhelming, but often there's no way around. And if we want to grow really fast and and move forward the fastest, we often have to do that immersion style learning. Otherwise it's just this slow burn and it takes a lot longer to get to our desired outcome. So I think the first thing is just being okay. And, and that's just sort of a conscious awareness that, okay, I'm learning something new. This is going to feel overwhelming for a while and I'm okay with that, you know? And then I think, you know, the other tool that I like to use, um, is to, it is, it is utilizing the 80, 20 rule because often there's a million things we can be doing, um, in any area. So whatever goal you might have, it could be building a business. It could be, you know, getting fit and, or changing your diet. And there's a million things that you could be potentially doing, you know, but if we understand that really, it is only 20% of our actions that's going to create 80% of our results. If you can brainstorm everything, so a simple practice would be to sit down and brainstorm absolutely everything that you can think of that you need to do in your business. And if you come up with 100 items and then you circle the top 20% of those, so it's only going to be 20 things that is going to move yourself, that you know is the key to moving yourself forward the fastest and then even, you know, drilling down to the top 10% and just really working on those. So what this exercise does is first of all, a brain dump is also is really helpful because it gets it out of your head onto paper. I always recommend writing, you know, the daily greatness journals, one of our USPs is that it is an analog product. You have to, you write and you're not typing into a computer, you know, or your phone. And that engages areas of your brain, similar to meditation. And there's so many other benefits to writing. So sit down with a notepad, do a big brain dump in your own handwriting, uh, and just get it out on paper. And that's incredibly freeing just to begin with, but then to then notice, well, if I, if I'm only going to do, if I'm going to going to get really disciplined here and only do the top 20%, that's actually going to move me forward the most here they are. And then if I want to drill that down even more, the top 10%, and then only focus on those, but then put together a really smart plan about how to execute those. And so that's what I do, you know, um, and that's what I advise my clients to do. And it really helps you to get really smart about your strategy. And, you know, you could do that every single week, um, every Sunday, typically as you plan out your week, what are my top 20%, 10% of actions that I need to do this week? And the other things, you know, they just end up falling off your list. And so what you think is going to be important falls off. And if they are important, you're going to notice it. You're going to notice, no, I should be doing that, you know. So you become really aware 
of, of the actions that you should or shouldn't take. So that's probably my best tip for creating a really great strategy for overcoming overwhelm. And it become, it helps you become a really good strategizer in your business as well. I love that. That's such a fantastic idea. I'm going to go away and do that for sure. Great. That's going to help me a lot with, with my overwhelm. So I suppose just to kind of um, think about kind of rounding off our conversation, I'd love to know like what you have in store for both maybe your coaching or daily greatness. Like what, what, what's exciting you for the future? Yeah. So, I mean, daily greatness is, I mean, the cold COVID situation has really um, been really, really interesting for our business. Um, obviously, it's you know created some challenges in some area, like in some areas, like all businesses, you know. But we've also noticed that a lot of companies and organisations are, are reaching out to us because they are you know needing tools for their for their people to really help. Uh, get them back aligned with, you know, the company vision, where they're going, and also their their people's own health and wellness because this is, you know, a challenging time. So we've we've found that, you know, we've had a lot more sort of interesting inquiries and, and companies that we're working with um, to create customized additions, et cetera. So that's a really interesting upside of of COVID. And I think you know, while it's been, it has been a really challenging time, there's, I think if you really look for the ways in which um, COVID has benefited our lives, I think we could all be pleasantly surprised to find that there's definitely been some upsides to it. And so that's been an exciting thing for us because we've wanted to move more into the B2B space and really work on in that, in that way. Um, we're also going through a digital transformation. So we're starting to develop a digital offering of our products. Um, we, are, we won't abandon our physical products because of the reasons I said before, you know, having um, a physical product in your own handwriting is incredibly powerful, but we are going to be obviously moving into a, um, into a digital offering. And I can't say too much more about that at the moment, but um, we're very excited about what that's going to mean and, and how that's going to help people. Um, and I think just really we first and foremost is that we see ourselves as a personal development company and not just a business that sells journals and planners. And so focusing on really creating um, some, we've got some exciting new products that we're going to be launching as well that really help people in different areas of their life and and, and just really focusing in on what, how we can be of service um, in the world, how we, how we can help in that, in the mental wellness space. And so, yes, so we've got some exciting new launches in terms of our physical products as well. So yeah, there's a lot, lot going on a little bit too many projects, a little too, too little time um, as always, but uh, we've got some, yeah, really exciting things on the roadmap. Oh, it sounds amazing. I am. Um, I'm excited for you. Thank you. And uh, what I'll do is I'll, um, cause I, I really couldn't recommend um, your journals more to people. So I will pop a um, link in the show notes so that people can Great. jump on your website and check out all the amazing different journals that you have to offer. Perfect. Thank you so, so much for giving me your time. I feel like we could chat for ages. We seem to have lots of similar insights and thoughts um, about self-growth and, and self-worth, etc. So, yeah, it's been fascinating talking to you and I've learned so much. So thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you so much, Sophie. Really appreciate being here. Speak soon. 
Thanks so much to you guys for listening to my Move and Inspire podcast. Stay tuned for more interviews with some incredible people in wellness. Let's aim together to find our inner strength and to keep searching for what it is that sets our souls on fire. If you haven't already subscribed, I would love for you guys to check out my membership channel, Move and Inspire, for yoga classes, meditations, health and wellness tips, and recipes too. You get a free trial when you sign up, www.sophiedeer.com.